If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. Well, that is right. You are listening to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. And yes, I am your host, Todd Huff. Email. As always, well, since we made the email change, anyway, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com, Facebook.com slash Show, where you can watch the program live or on demand. It's good to be here. Thank you for joining us this morning. I am going to tell you there's going to be a... Uh, encore for hour two today an encore episode we are um there's a lot of stuff happening we've stuff i don't want to i guess get into here directly on the program just for the sake of of time and stuff that's not necessarily directly related to the things we talk about on here but there's a lot of um, a lot of things happening behind the scenes and um well we just have to Spend a little bit of time. I appreciate your your patience with me as we as we go through some some growing pains and through this difficult time, candidly, through this difficult time with COVID nineteen uh, coronavirus. Um, you know, when I started podcasting back in August of two thousand fifteen, which is crazy to say, we're approaching five years. It's just incredible to stop and think about. But five years ago. Of course, I had visions or dreams of this uh, program becoming a syndicated talk show that would air on the radio and other other outlets, other places that you can consume the program. But um, it's you know it's it's building the business side. It's it's there's there's some steps and well, there's been some like I said some challenges we've all been facing with with COVID. And so no hour two today, long way of saying that, but I appreciate you, you being here. I have a whole bunch of stuff pulled, (laughs) pulled up that I want to talk about today. Um, so as usual, as usual, um, the trick is picking those things that we find most important, which, you know, is candidly difficult to do sometimes, but I want to start I want to start here off the top with a story that you'll find in The Hill. Now, of course, the story itself is not uh, – I mean it, it's stuff that you see playing out in the in the news itself. But I just want to tell you what I'm referencing here in case I – in case I, um, well, get into a specific opinion that's – you know, something that I'm reading, or if I decide to post this online, which I probably will, but universal basic income 
is an issue, of course, that we are now dealing with in short order. You may remember back during, there was a 2020 campaign. Do you remember this? A 2020 presidential campaign. There still is. I'm talking about the primary process. The Democrats had more than one candidate. In fact, they had 20, I forget the number, 24, some some crazy number. We had some some very fringe candidates, some people we'd never heard about, some people that had run that never even, oopsie daisies, that never even, um, well, we didn't even know who they were really on a national level. So we have to go back in our memory banks here a little bit, but I'm going to mention one individual whose name was is Andrew Yang. His big issue was universal basic income, UBI, right? This was this is something that um, is needed, he says, for our republic, for our democracy, as they like to say. And universal basic income is supposed to be something that is forward-thinking, high-tech, some people who support UBI, universal basic income, will even tell you that uh, this is something that folks like Thomas Paine supported back in the day. You'll hear that referenced from time to time and maybe some other names as well. But universal basic income is essentially, no matter what, um, every individual is getting a check from the state, from the federal government for basic income. And so what the what – the, Democrats want to do right now as we go through coronavirus, they want to they want to give every American a two thousand dollar well there's some stipulations of course income i don't I don't know the stipulations but, but effectively, if you give me the freedom to paint this with a broad brush and understand that there's details where some folks may not qualify or whatever else, but effectively give everyone a two thousand uh, dollar a month check or deposit, electronic deposit. I don't know that it's a physical check, but something that um, that they can live off of. And on top of that, $2,000 per child. So if you're an average, if you're a family of four, 2000 for the husband, 2000 for the wife, 2000 for oldest child, 2000 for youngest child, $8,000 a month to do nothing, to do nothing. That's just, uh, I guess that is your... You're entitled to that. You deserve that. And so, bada boom, bada bang, it's just something that um, you can have courtesy of courtesy of the federal government. So that's what we're talking about here, universal basic income. It's actually in this latest legislation. And so, of course, a couple of questions come to mind immediately. Um, one of the things that you will have heard us mention and talk about on this program is the fact that um, with these other previous stimulus packages or whatever you want to call them, um, COVID packages, I'm not sure how much of them are really stimulating. It's really to replace income that people had lost because of government-mandated shutdowns effectively whether you're looking at the payroll protection program or whatever else, uh, this the money that goes directly into individuals' bank accounts that we got or people are still getting. I've had some people that still haven't gotten their – that have told me they haven't received a check yet. 
but what was that? Twelve hundred dollars a person, um, and then what was it? Five hundred a child, or some such number. So they want to do that on a permanent basis. Now, um, when it came to the the bailout or the the, the stimulus or the the COVID plans, the first couple, you know, this was this was something that for people, a, a key component of this of that plan is that it was a one-time thing. Now, you can certainly have criticism for the government doing this one time because it's a massive amounts of, of dollars that we're talking about spending. But you start committing us – in fact, I think the legislation goes through 2020, the end of the year. You start committing to legislation like that where 2020 is – you know, you're you're sending you're sending a family of four eight grand a month, and my goodness, the price tag on this it's over. I think it's over the whole bill that she put together is over. I think three trillion dollars. Now, in a normal normal year, the whole the government as a whole was spending three and a half to four trillion dollars, maybe slightly north of four trillion. So we effectively this would double this even ignoring everything else that we've done. To reopen and stimulate the economy, we would be adding, we'd be effectively doubling or close to doubling our annual expenditures, even ignoring those other short-term, one-time, whether it's payroll protection program stuff or uh, you know money that goes to your account for you know to to help people get through this difficult time, and not to mention the added federal. Unemployment benefits, which again, fortunately, have a have a date on the end where it's not indefinite forever. But this is where we have to be especially on our guard because this is something that has been on the minds, on the agenda of those that believe in the power of of government. This has been something on their mind and wish list for some time, getting people on the on the government doles and friends this is not this is not a good thing this is not you know it's portrayed as something that um protects people now if we were to reach you know um readdress the budget as a whole and you were to ask and, and go through some studies and say are programs like welfare better than programs like universal basic income and you have to choose between one of these and you were starting from scratch? Then maybe that's a different discussion. Maybe if we're starting with the assumption that it's either universal basic income or all the other programs, which there's a ton of, of federal uh, programs. And these are the programs, by the way, that when Republicans or conservatives want to put in a uh, a work requirement or you know something there um, besides just sit at home and get free money that often the radical left objects to because again in their minds they truly believe that it is a right income is a right now income is good income is something I hope everyone who desires to have I suppose some are ultra wealthy and don't need to go out and generate Income, maybe, whatever their case may be. It's their decision. But for those who need income and want income, I'd love for everyone to be able to have it. But we have a fundamental misunderstanding of what a right is, of what a right is. In fact, we'll talk about that next segment. 
People want to say healthcare is a right. And there's a lot of people that agree with that today. But there's a fundamental misunderstanding as to what a right is. Now, just because just because something isn't a right doesn't mean it's, it shouldn't be something that we strive for as a society. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't as a society try to find ways to help those who are falling short of being able to provide for those key areas in life, be it health care, be it generating income and and revenue. But it's quite another to say that the responsibility lies on the shoulders on the shoulders of our federal government. And that's where that's where there's a clear problem with this. That's where there's a clear problem with this. Not to mention the price tag. You know, one of the things right now states are wanting to be bailed out by the federal government. States that have been mismanaged for quite some time. And there's going to be a fight about this. There's going to be a fight about this and you know who knows where where the negotiated agreement, the compromise is going to end up. Republicans are fighting against this currently. Democrats are effectively arguing that you know, how can we not support our state governments who are obviously dealing with difficulties as well? You know, are we not going to allow them to fund? And then they list the things like fire departments and law enforcement agencies and schools and so forth. And then suddenly people don't have a retort for that because they don't want to be branded as someone who doesn't want fire departments and police. Although, even though the problem is that it's been mismanaged for so long, and we're effectively looking at bailing out states who have acted incredibly insane for a long time, states like California, right? States that have been mismanaged, maybe like Illinois, maybe like New York. These are states that have been mismanaged. These are states that have incredible amounts of, uh, well, programs like irresponsible programs like universal basic income, things that never could pay for themselves or they never, you know, they never took took into account the true cost or whether it's some of these extreme pensions, these uh, pensions that they offer to some of the federal, um, you know, not federal, but some of their police and fire and so forth. Sorry if I'm a little bit slower, <laughs> a little bit, uh, there might be a pause or a miscue here and there this morning than usual. I just got a couple of hours of, of sleep last night, so I'm a little bit groggy here on this Wednesday morning. But nonetheless, that being said, that being said, I want to talk about rights, what a right is and what it isn't after the break, because there's no guaranteed right to income. And I want to differ, I want to give a definition or a, I guess, a key element of what a right is so that when you hear these you know, people saying that something is a right, you can determine pretty quickly if it's a right or just a good thing, or maybe sometimes it's not even a good thing. Some people want to have a right to, I don't know, something that someone else has to provide them um, that isn't even necessarily a good thing. In fact, you know, if you're ta- taking away the need for work, I think that you, you venture into an area where that's not even a good thing. The income is good, right? The idea that people have income, but what isn't good is that we take away this this critical central component, which is we were created to do work, not just work, not just work, but work is a component. Work is a factor. Work is something we were created in the image of God to do, not to be a slave to the office or 
you know, not be able to have a life and, you know, to keep things in, in balance and so forth is a good thing. But the idea that we don't work at all is not, is not good. We are created, we are created to accomplish things, to, to have dreams and, and objectives and uh, just a, a series of things that we want to try to accomplish and tackle in life. And you take away work and you take away a central component of that. And obviously people can work too much and put too much focus on their work, but work is still an important factor. And it shouldn't be dismissed uh, and replaced by this idea of universal basic income simply because, um, well, for some other reason that someone dreamed up. Anyway, I want to talk about rights. What really is a right after the break and how we differentiate between a right and just something that might be good um, and something we should achieve or strive for in society. So we'll talk about that when we get back. But I got to take a quick break. Sit tight. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. So as I hit the wrong slide there, how about that? As we are talking about universal basic income, some people believe that this is a right. They believe that it is a right because people need people need money to survive, and people do need money to survive. And I may I may I add that that's not a, a bad thing. Work is a critically important aspect in our lives. It's better for us personally. It's better for society. It's something we need to instill in our children. Of course, there needs to be balance. Of course, there needs to be, and and I'm speaking as one that may have, not may have, that has definitely um, gotten out of balance with work before. In fact, if I'm being candid with you, as I try to be each and every day, if I'm being candid and, well, I'm always candid, transparent, I'm always transparent, but there's just some things that, you know, maybe you don't, you don't share. It's not that you're lying or hiding anything. It's just something you don't want to necessarily talk about. But if I'm being being fully transparent and candid here, I'm, um, you know, this COVID crisis this COVID crisis, this shutdown, this quarantine, this isolation, social distancing, stay-at-home stuff. There's been some incredibly uh, detrimental things to our economy and, heck, even to mental health. We talked about that as well. That's why one of our one of our advertisers on this program, Care to Change, is, is there to help folks who may be having an incredibly difficult time adjusting to this right now. Uh, you have... Other issues that you know people need to talk about with professional counselors. Now you've got you've got it magnified because of some of the situations that have been created, or if not created, maybe um, just made to be more challenging by by COVID, by where we find ourselves, and there's no physical touch. You know, you can't see parents, grandparents, children, and in some cases, you're not supposed to be touching and all this kind of stuff and there's distance and it's this wears on people we're made to be social creatures and 
that's not um, that's not been easy or in some cases even possible around this country. But to me, this opportunity has given us a time to refocus priorities, and I've kind of realized that during this time that you know sometimes my work life balance has been out of balance, even incredibly out of balance. But work is important. Home life is important as well. The family life, that's, those are good things. But you got to be able to do to do both. But it's not a right. It's not a right. And what do I mean by that? Healthcare is also not a right. That upsets people when I say that sometimes. I'm not suggesting for a moment that we should not try to help people. In fact, I mean, you just look at the, the Hippocratic Oath, you know, the first the first basic most fundamental aspect is is do no harm right i mean so so folks are i'm not saying that we shouldn't shouldn't do something for someone else but i'm saying it's not a right and what do i mean by that a right is something that we are born with a right is something that comes from our creator it does not come from our federal government if it has to come from our federal government it is not a right now you might say well todd they wrote down Rights, Not all of them, but they enumerated those in the Bill of Rights. And I would say they did do that. And they list things such as the freedom of speech, freedom of press, freedom of religion, uh, freedom of assembly, uh, the Second Amendment, the right to keep and bear arms. We have all these different freedoms that have been enumerated in the Constitution. They weren't created there, though. They were mentioned. They were listed so that you know, certain freedoms were put into writing, so to speak. And they also said in the Tenth Amendment that if something's not, you know, listed here, it doesn't mean that it's the responsibility of the government. Instead, that is reserved to the people and to the states. So a right is not something that the government says someone else must do for you. And that, by definition, is what the case is with health care. A right is something we're born with intrinsically. I have the right to say what's on my mind. That is something I have. And the, the founder said we're going to we're going to uh, actually capture on paper parchment here that right to make sure the government knows that we are acknowledging that we have that right. That they can't at some point in the future come and try to take it. That this is a sacred right, the freedom of religion. We are free to choose who we worship, or if we worship. We are free to choose whether we believe, as I do in the Bible and Jesus, or whether you're an atheist or a a Buddhist or a Muslim or whatever. Take take your your pick. Um, Of course, I don't want to get into, you know, some of the things that, um, I mean, there can be be laws, obviously, against um, extreme behavior that some, that some radically, motivated insane groups have taken you can't use your religion to harm the life liberty or property of someone else i'm just talking about the expression the personal belief you can't the government can't come in and say you can't believe that or you can't you know teach your children this religious belief you know this is what happens by the way in communism communism comes along and says basically hey government is your god you can have your churches. They often do this. Sometimes they say you can't have any churches, but sometimes they say, you know what? It's nice to have. It's nice to have that little fairy tale where people can go to these historic buildings. That's how they view it. 
we'll let you have your church so that you can go in there and sing some songs and do things that have historical relevance to you. But they don't take the fact that it's a life-changing experience that people who are Christian, for example, have a relationship with the creator of the universe through his son, Jesus. Not that we deserve it, by the way. None of us do. But these are rights. These are things that exist in the universe without government. And so there's a series of things that are good. For example, education is good, but there's no constitutional God-given right to education. Now, if someone, you know, we have the right to pursue our own education, I suppose you can make the case. But as far as education in a a public format where a, where a, a teacher is must educate you that's not a right that's a that's not a bad thing i'm not suggesting that formal education is bad and that teachers are bad but it's not a right same thing is true with the universal basic income income is a good thing even a very good thing money is necessary but in order to it's not a right because you're you're basically depending on depending upon someone else and at some level you're taking away you're taking away someone else's wealth and giving it to someone else. That's not that's not a right. That's not from that side of the equation even a good thing, right? To take it and to redistribute it. And, oh, Todd, the government can can hit the Staples Easy button and create all the money that they want. No, they can't. That's actually taking it in many cases because of debt from future generations. These are not good and moral things. If things have been confused, so it's good if people have income, but. Just because we think that they should have income and that it's a good thing, suddenly we can't just make it into law and manufacture the way that they get the said good thing, in this case income. It's not necessarily a good thing to get it if it is coming at the expense of of others. And it, again, is not a right. It can't be a right because a right is something I have. Um, that doesn't require the government or someone else, some other free citizen, to do anything. The only thing in the Constitution you'll find, which I find interesting, that's that's uh, that requires someone else to do something for your your right is the right to an attorney. You have the right to an attorney, but what's interesting is that's the the last step between you losing all of your other liberties. That's the one thing the government said. This is a right that you have in the Constitution. Um, you're, you have the right to an attorney. So I guess someone could use that, that premise to say, well, if that's the case, then you also have the right to food and housing uh, and all these other things, um, including income, including health care and whatever else. And so that becomes their, their excuse or mechanism by which we expand the government into all these other areas, adding untold trillions to the, to the total price tag. But it is not a right. A right is something that we get from God. It's something we're born with. It doesn't depend upon someone else. It's who we are. It's whether we wake up in a foreign land tomorrow, whether we time travel back to 1507 or whatever, travel into the future to 2162. It doesn't matter. That is a right that we have been given by virtue of being human by our creator and income is not on that list. Healthcare; these are things that are not bad, folks. But we have to be able to fight back against this nonsense because otherwise, this goes on forever and ever and ever. And housing and food 
and education, all these things become rights, and suddenly the rest of us who are funding these things, the rest of you who are funding these things, suddenly have less liberty because you don't have anything left from your earnings because you're providing for, quote, all the rights that people have that are attached to your pocketbook. And I've got to take a break. Sit tight. Be back here in just a minute. Welcome back. Sent out yesterday, actually late yesterday, our latest newsletter, Semi-Sweet Morsels of Truth. It's free for our listeners. Um, You can subscribe to that by texting the word HUFF to 31996. You can do that simply, and then I'll make sure you do step number two, which is it'll send you a a text back saying, hey, respond with your email. That email has to go into our system. So occasionally I get people who send the message and then uh, forget to respond to the initial message, and we try to follow up with those. But but um, the system is set up to, you know, once you text it, to, to add your email. It's simple. It's free. And there's some freebies in there as well. Um, one of those freebies is a free month of total access, which is where we do hour two of this program, hour two of this program. It's where you can get it exclusively digitally, although for the short term, we're also making it available on YouTube, on our YouTube channel to this brand new thing that we're doing. Um, You can catch hour two there. And again, today we won't have an hour number two. There's just some some stuff I've got to tend to and it's it's, uh, busyness has come back here quickly, almost with a vengeance here as we're tackling a few a few newer things behind the scenes. But newsletter went out last night. So you if you want to get our next one, they go out each each Tuesday. You can sign up by texting Huff to 31996 or going to our website, toddhuffshow.com slash subscribe, and you'll get two free gifts. One of them is the uh, free month of, of total access. The other is something that um, we're starting up as well, which is called Conservative Not Bitter University, CNBU. CNBU and Oz just gave me the it's time to take a break uh, signal over there. So I'll t- I'll tell you about CNBU when we get back. I'll talk about why we started doing this, and I'll talk about what what I think is important when it comes to um, where we are culturally and politically. We're at this particular crossroads where we have radical ideas. You have people that are out there proclaiming that. Universal basic income is a right, or uh, that that healthcare is a right, and we have to be able to to navigate this. Right? People have a misconception of conservatism. What you think if you're a conservative? And I welcome you to this program if you're not a conservative. Though I need to remind you, legal team, make sure that I do this on a regular basis. Our vast, vast team of attorneys. They want us to tell you that listening to this program can, in fact, cause you to lean to the right. And 98% of scientists, that's right, that's 1% more than believe man is contributing to climate change. 1% more scientists actually agree that listening to this program can stop and even reverse those damaging effects of liberalism. So I welcome you to listen. Uh, But I also want to talk about not just the the talking about the issues part of the day, but but what's really at – 
fundamentally, fundamentally what we have to do to, to really move the needle as it comes to advancing constitutional conservatism. It's not, by the way, just having shouting matches in echo chambers. It's not going to political blows with people on Facebook. It's about actually making a persuasive case. And people can be persuaded. Not all. In fact, some can't be. But some can be. And in order to persuade, this is going to rock your world. We've got to be persuasive. It's as simple as that. And so CNBU is designed to help people do that. So I want to talk about that when we get back. I want to talk about some of the important things that need to happen to begin to move people towards this truth, this, uh, well, just this basic fundamental uh, reality that constitutional conservatism is the best form of government this side of heaven. And we've got to win those arguments and we've got to do it persuasively. So I want to talk about that when we get back. You're listening to Conservative Not Better Talk. I am your host, Todd Huff, back here in just a minute. Welcome back. You know, I love talking about current issues of the day. I think it's important. I think we need to, and there's so many to choose from right now with everything happening with with Michael Flynn, with COVID, with governors and states and other officials acting in, well, really radical, overreaching ways. I mean, there's so many things to talk about. But I think if we go beyond that, I always look at the issues of the day as an opportunity to springboard into the fundamental truth. It's not simply if I'm being if I'm being forthright here, sometimes the details and the minutia of specific things happening really bores me because I'm really more interested in those fundamental principles and truths that can be well, that we can talk about when we talk about a certain issue. I like to talk about, for example, what we talked about earlier, which is the concept of what a right is. It's not something that is just good for someone else that we should say, suddenly, we're going to provide this for you. A right is something that we have inherently as being a creature of Almighty God, being created by God in His image. God gave us certain unalienable rights. And the founders enumerated some of those. These are things that we have on our own accord, not because the government gives them to us. And so there can be good things that we strive for, such as providing health care for every person, good thing. I'm not going to dispute that whatsoever. What I am going to say is that it's not necessarily a right. In fact, it's not a right. It's something that is is good, but we can't classify it as a right because it's it's involving someone else. It's not simply something that we're born with. It's It's requiring another aspect, which we talk about the role of of charity and philanthropy and so forth and the, the conservatives view of what that is. We'll talk about that at another time. But suffice it to say right now that what I think is more important even than navigating these issues is being able to help people be more persuasive, be more effective in their conservative values. Know how to, you know, how to communicate with someone. Know how to avoid a fight, not by being 
Some people think that that means you're afraid. No, that's being wise. In fact, you, you should be able to stick your nose in there when the time is right to stick your nose in there. If you stick your nose in a situation prematurely, nothing productive is going to happen. And when I look out at the landscape of where we are as a culture and as a country, I think, you know, if we don't change the trajectory, the trajectory here, we're going to have massive problems. We're already seeing massive problems. So we have to be able to be persuasive. That means earning the right to be persuasive, right? Earning the right to speak these to, to speak about these things with someone else. That doesn't happen the first time. In fact, I've got some stories about that. The point is, I've got some personal experiences. Uh, sometimes, you know, made mistakes along the way. Made mistakes along the way, but I think. What's more important even than navigating these current issues is giving people a a mechanism, a tool by which, a formula, so to speak, to where they can actually influence other people positively, whether that's their children, whether that's a coworker, whether that's a family member. Now, we're not going to be able to talk about these things with all people. Relationships preclude us from talking with some people about certain things, and in other relationships, they... These conversations have to be uh, like we're the only ones in the world because of our relationship that can have a certain conversation. And so there's all sorts of things to to navigate there. But until we figure out how to be more persuasive, we got a big problem on our hands because we've got this siren song allure of liberalism, of socialism that's out there. Free everything. You want it, you've got it. Someone else will pay for it. And so we that's why we developed CNBU, Conservative Not Bitter University. You get a free Uh, a free class as a subscriber to our newsletter, or if you just want information about CNBU, it's it's something that we're developing and should be launching here in the not-too-distant future. You can also text us. If you're on the newsletter list, you'll get, uh, if you join the newsletter, send me sweet morsels of truth for free, you can get information about how you can learn more about CNBU. If you don't want to do the newsletter, totally cool. You can also simply text the word course, C-O-U-R-S-E, course, to 888-111. Again, you'll have to provide uh, your information back to us, but we'll put you on a list and keep you updated on this course when it's available. So long-winded here, this segment I know, but this is really the core of what I want to do, not just talk about these things, but give people tools that they can use to be more persuasive, to be more effective, to be a better communicator, to have a clearer understanding maybe of some of the concepts. There's all sorts of different courses that will be coming from this. But to, to learn about those, you're going to have to subscribe. Again, text the word course to 888-111. Sit tight. Be back in just a minute. You know, one of the things here in the waiting moments of the program, one of the things that I'm asked most commonly, I guess, we get asked a lot of different things, and you can ask us by emailing, posting to Facebook, or calling our Huff Hotline, 317-455-5250. But one of the things I get asked most commonly, of course, once one thing we asked, I talked about last newsletter, was what does SDG mean that I say at the end, I'll say that in the next, uh, next minute here. But the other is, what do I do? People recognize that there's a problem. They recognize that there's a massive you know, problem that's coming down the, 
down the road. It's like we're looking at the headlights of an oncoming train here, and that's socialism and the desire to have big government solve all of our problems. Liberty is literally tied to the track, so to speak, metaphorically, but not literally. But still, people want to know what do I do? And I think the simple answer is, simple answer is there might be some things you can do uh, to get more involved, but there's uh, some things you can do to be more effective in your own circle of influence. So we want to teach you those things. Guys, have a great day. SDG. See you soon. 